Welcome to All Truth No Cap, a podcast for teenagers. Please take a second to follow and leave a review. This will allow the podcast to appear on feeds more frequently. If you do have a question or a topic that you'd like to hear, shoot me a message. At Ben Morsi YP is my Instagram handle. Ben.Morsi at LBCTheodore.com is my email address. And uh, shoot me a topic. Shoot me maybe a question that you have. And I'll be more than happy to address it maybe with a full po- or a full episode. Or at least take a couple minutes and, and address it in a, in a future episode. Uh, once again, my goal is to try to help you navigate the world that you live in. And uh, I know you're not perfect. You're teenagers. And uh, none of us are perfect. And uh, so in turn, taking the opportunity here then uh, to try to address those issues and uh, hopefully, like I said, help you navigate the world you live in. Uh, there are, might be others that may be struggling with some things, so like I've told you before, share the link, give others a chance to, to listen in and maybe get some help as well. And uh, as always, my uh, message board, my Instagram, email, Facebook, whatever, it's open to you and also shoot me a message if you get a chance. I want to look at a, a topic today and uh, kind of uh, just going to forewarn you, uh, I think today's might be a little harsher uh, than maybe I've ever been. Um, I try not to make this too preachy. I try to use it and uh, address it as topics. I know sometimes we listen to things and uh, we hear preaching so much sometimes that we begin to turn it off and it becomes white noise. And I don't want it to be that way at all. But I do know tonight, or this this episode here, uh, the passage we're going to look at, it will get a little bit harsh. So like I said, I will give you the, the harshness alert uh, even now. Uh, but we're going to be in Genesis chapter 10, and I know our last episode was Gen- or, sorry, Genesis, Jeremiah chapter 10. Our last episode was in Jeremiah chapter 9, and usually we don't uh, come back to back like that. But these two thoughts, uh, the one from last last week and then from this week, uh, it just they've been stuck in my mind. I've not been able to, been able to get them out, and so in turn we're going to use, uh, use this passage here in Jeremiah chapter 10. If you look at Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 2, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord. Uh, right off the bat, we see it's God saying this. This isn't Jeremiah. This is uh, God telling Jeremiah, thus saith the Lord. In other words, there's, other words, there's no question who's talking here. Uh, this is not Jeremiah taking it on himself, not Jeremiah pushing his own brand, Jeremiah pushing his own message on his own soapbox, protesting. This is God saying, here is what I have to say. He says that in verse 2, he says, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of the uh, signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. That's pretty harsh uh, for anybody, but specifically coming from God. God says specifically, learn not the way of the heathen. You know, to learn something, you got to spend a lot of time doing it. Very rarely is somebody able to pick something up and begin doing something instantaneously. I play the trumpet. I started learning the trumpet in fifth grade, and it's taken a lot of practice. Now, I haven't played now. I haven't played in years. I've not actually played it outside of my house since we moved here to Alabama, so it's been at least five and a half, almost six years now. But it takes a lot of practice to, to get to get to a good level, to even get to a decent level. It takes a lot of practice. And I can't imagine, you know, with the trumpet, there's only three valves. I can't imagine playing something like a violin and the amount of practice that it takes for that to, to learn how to play it properly. And here, God tells Israel, he says, learn not the way of the heathen. To learn something, you must spend a lot of time being involved with it. And here he says specifically to not learn the way of the heathen. So as, as Christians, I may, or as unfortunately as a Christian, sometimes we make the choice to dwell in that spot over and over. Psalm chapter 1 says uh, that uh, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, 
nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Gives three specific uh, groups of people there that we're not to be around, sitting, standing, or walking. We're not, we shouldn't be anywhere near them. But here God tells us through Jeremiah, he says, learn not the way of the heathen. Certain verses kind of popped into mind. That's what we want to look at. And then we're going to look at one key story from uh, from the Bible. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says, be not conformed to this world. Don't conform yourself. You know, you've been you've been set aside. You're special. You're different. First uh, Peter says, but you're a chosen generation. In other words, you're set aside. God, God set you aside for a specific task. He wants to keep you separate. Not, not as a holier than thou beat on my chest. I'm better than you or better than this. No, no, no. It's simply God saying, look, I've set you aside for something special and up to us to say, yes, I choose that. And so in turn, Romans chapter 12, to conform to something means I'm not that way. When we're saved, the Bible says when we're saved, we're, we're uh, separated from the world. We're sanctified, uh, the Bible word is. We're separated uh, from the world. So to go back to that world is for me to conform once again to what the world system or what the world has to offer. And as a Christian, I can, or if, honestly, if I can say it this way, I've taken Christ's name. I'm a Christian, just like a spouse would take uh, their husband's name. My wife, her uh, maiden name was Padunavac. Okay, uh, say that five times real fast. Uh, but her maiden name was Padunuak. When we got married, she took my name. Her last name is Morrissey now. She took my name. And when we got saved, we took Christ's name. We accepted his name. We are a Christian. For us then to turn and conform ourselves to what the world has to say is, in all honesty, to turn our back on Christ. You can't have both worlds. You have to choose to say, hey, you know what? I want what Christ wants. I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I want what Christ wants. Not what the world wants, but instead what we've done as Christians is we've conformed ourselves. We've bent ourselves and worked ourselves, worked and mashed ourselves into a mold and said, look, I want to conform to this world. Jeremiah, once again, said, learn not the way of the heathen. Stay away from it. Flee from it. Avoid it. Pass not by it, the Bible says. Stay as far away from it as you can. You don't have to be in the know about everything. Why do we feel like we have to know everything that the world knows? We have to know uh, the language. We have to know the movies. We have to know the videos. We have to know the social media influencers. We have to know the music and the artists. We have to know all this stuff. Why? We are not of this world. We live in this world. We can't change that, but we're not supposed to be of this world, of this world's system. In the culture, we're supposed to be set aside, set apart, and different. And he says, learn not the way of the heathen. He says, be not conformed to this world. Romans chapter 16, and the Bible says to be wise unto the things of God and simple unto the things of this world. Let me find the actual verse so I can read it to you just uh, so you understand. I'm not, because uh, it's easy to make uh, make something like that up. But the Bible says um, in verse uh, chapter 16, verse 19, it says, for your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore. Now watch, he's saying, I'm glad he said, I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. In other words, I don't want you to know, be in the know about everything. You don't have to know what every word means. You don't have to know what every phrase means. Now, by all means, if you say, if, if you hear terminology, go find someone you trust. Go find your parents. Go find your youth pastor. Go find uh, some an adult you trust and say, look, I've heard this terminology. I've heard this word. What does it mean? And they may not know. And they may have to go search it out. But don't just go blabbing stuff that you've heard in today's day and age because anybody can put anything they want out online and you may be talking about things that no person has business talking about, let alone a Christian. But he says, be wise unto the things of God and simple concerning evil. 
yet we reverse that as Christians and we want to be in, we don't want to stand out so we try as hard as we can to 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 get in the know on these different things to to make sure that uh, we don't stand out you know it's an interesting passage I don't have this in my notes it just came to mind uh, but when Peter denied Christ the Bible says the whole thing happens in the garden. He cuts off Malchus's ear just after he told Christ, you know, I'm ne- I will never, ever betray you, or I won't uh, desert you. I won't uh, uh, turn my back on you. The Bible says then that they uh, they go to in, uh, interrogate Jesus, and, and they're, they're beating him, and they're whipping him, and all. And the Bible says that uh, Peter finds himself around a fire with uh, these the servants and the other people involved with this interrogation, the ones who were beating the very person that, that professed his love for Peter and that loved Peter, that Peter just said, look, I'm not going to deny you. All these others, they may deny you. I'm not going to deny you. Yet Peter finds himself comfortable around them. Are you comfortable around the world? Are you comfortable talking about the world's things and being involved with the world's things? Now, once again, I'm not talking, I mean, you were talking about football. I'm not talking about all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about things that are knowingly a part of culture, knowingly wrong, whether it be music, whether that be movies, it be videos, whatever the case may be. But we find ourselves so obsessed with knowing what the world wants us to know and not caring at all for the things of God. And so Romans says, Paul, or, uh, he says here that to be wise under the things of God and simple under the things of um, evil. You know, it's in, or back to that story about Peter then. As you watch the story unfold, the Bible says that the, a maiden comes and a maiden says, you know what? I think I saw you with him. And Peter says, no, 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 you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. And he lets it go by. And another woman comes up and the Bible says, she says, hey, you know what? I think I saw you with you. In fact, I think your speech gives you away. You have an accent that a Galilean would have. You, you sound different. And Peter says, no, no, no. Once again, you know, somebody thought that earlier, but it's definitely a mistake. It, it can't be right. And then the last maid comes along and she says, no, your speech definitely gives you away. You are definitely, you were definitely with him. And the Bible says specifically that Peter then began to curse and to swear. Why would Peter do that? Because Peter was going over and above to try to make sure people understood he was not with Jesus. In other words, his speech gave him away. And understand, in our, back to the example we're talking about here, we find it so necessary for us to be like the world and talk like the world and act like the world, listen to the things the world listens to and watch the things the world watches. Why? When we're supposed to be in pursuit of Christ, why would I pursue the opposite of that? James 4, 4 says that friendship with the world is enmity with God. To be a friend of the world, now once again, that doesn't mean I'm not, I don't have friends in the world that I'm trying to, to work on. I'm not saying that at all, but a friend to something is somebody that I'm compromising myself so that I can be involved, I can be a part of something. And that's what happens here. If you ever look at that passage in Proverbs, and a lot of times people use it, and what, you know whether it's being used wrong, I don't know. The passage that says, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. If you ever study into that verse, take out your Strong's Concordance and look at it. It doesn't have the positive connotation that a lot of times is preached. It talks about primarily that we, as it talks about the people, in order to be part of a friendship, there are things you're going to compromise on. There are things that I put up with with friends and things that they put up with me so we can maintain that friendship. And what he's saying in Proverbs is, in order for me to show myself friendly, in order I, I have to give give up some things and I may have to give this up and give that up as you look through the passage there. And unfortunately in our lives as Christians, we're all too eager to give that up simply so we can be in the know. But once again, back to Jeremiah, he says, learn not 
the way of the heathen. I don't want you to be like them. He says, I want you, I've set you aside. You're special. You are set aside to me. As I was studying for this and looking through this passage, I came or uh, remember the story of Lot. Lot is a very, very sad story to me. Everything had been given to Lot. Uh, the Bible says that he was uh, um, Abraham's nephew. And uh, through uh, the way life works, he ended up with Abraham. And there came a point where uh, Abraham and Lot's uh, herdsmen, their shepherds, uh, kept bickering and fighting. And uh, you can imagine they had a large, probably a huge amount of sheep and uh, goats and all that kind of stuff. And so they were constantly probably getting mixed up and constantly bickering and fighting. And uh, we could look at a lot of different reasons. All that to say, there came a point where Abraham said, look, Lot, we're going to have to split up. And he said, you choose what you want. And he said, I'll take whatever's left over. And the Bible says that Lot looked and beheld the well-watered plains of Sodom. Now, I don't know uh, if uh, how far away he was or if he looked and saw the well-watered plains and maybe saw the city glistening in the background. Honestly, in my juvenile mind, uh, a lot of times I picture it like the city of Oz. If you've ever seen the Wizard of Oz, uh, how they that big wide field and you look out and you see uh, the uh, city of Oz in the background, that's how I picture uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And a lot standing there looking and thinking, you know what, that's, that, that's a beautiful city. I bet I can be very prosperous in there. And I, and I, and I, and I. The Bible says then he, that's what he chose. And so the Bible says that he pitched his tent with the door opening towards Sodom. And so every morning when that door opened up, he saw Sodom and his kids. When they came out uh, to, to, to live life, they saw Sodom. And then we find him living in Sodom a little bit later in the book of Genesis. He made the choice. Now, you know what? I guess it's not that bad. And he's compromising and compromising and compromising. And then finally, the Bible says we find him living in the gate of Sodom. Now he was a leader. He was maybe a mayor or a city councilman or something in the city of Sodom. This chosen person, this person that God had set aside, now has become so familiar with the world that the world has chosen him to lead their city. A wicked, wicked, wicked city. The Bible says then that the three men, it's kind of an interesting uh, thought, the, the three men that come to visit Abraham, and that uh, I mentioned a couple podcasts ago, that the ones that told uh, Sarah and Moses, uh, Sarah and Moses, he's not alive yet, Sarah and Abraham, uh, that uh, Sarah was going to have a baby. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord stayed there and t- the other two left. Those are the same two then that go to Sodom to warn uh, Lot. They have that conversation. After they tell Abraham you're going to have the baby, they have the conversation, and Abraham says, look, for 50, would you spare the city? For 40? for 30, for 20, for 10. I don't know how long Lot lived in Sodom, but Lot's testimony was so destroyed that even 10 other Christians could not be found. 10 people living right could not be found in that city. You know, it's an interesting thing that when you look at our country, you look at our country and you think, well, wait a second, it's this agenda or it's that agenda. No, it's not any agenda. In Chronicles, God tells us, if my people, God lays it at our feet, but we're so busy conforming to the world. We're so busy being like the world, so busy choosing to know the ways of the heathen that we've lost our testimony. According to Matthew, we're no longer salty. Our saltiness is gone because we wanted to know the ways of the heathen. And once again, I'm not saying separate, make a a cult where we do that. No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is don't forget that you're a Christian. Stop pursuing the things of this world and pursue Christ. But we see once again, then Lot, the Bible says that uh, when Lot tells it, the um, his uh, family, he says, look, uh, these men came here, uh, the, the, the God of heaven, the, the God who I serve, he's going to destroy Sodom. And his son-in-laws laughed him to scorn. His testimony was so poor that they laughed at him. Not only did they not listen, they laughed at him. They thought he was crazy. The Bible says eventually those two angels grabbed Lot and his wife and his two daughters and fled from Sodom, and God rained uh, 
brimstone and uh, down on Sodom and destroyed Sodom. We obviously know the story that his wife looked back and I don't know why she looked back. We could sit here and speculate this reason or that reason. She may have been looking back uh, to see the life she left. She may have been, uh, she may have heard a loud explosion and turned around. I don't know. But the Bible said God gave specific instructions, do not turn around. And she did. And she got turned into a pillar of salt. I'm not going to continue the story, um, but Lot Lot ends up uh, in a bad, bad spot. Two um, two peoples who would be uh, condemned by God, and uh, that Israel was not to have anything to do with, would give them problems for for hundreds of years to come. Came as a result once again of Lot's sin. There, all that to say, continuing uh, then with the passage uh, quickly here. Uh, but in, uh, once again, back in Jeremiah chapter ten, he says, "Learn not the way of the heathen." But then he says, "Be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen." are dismayed at them. And that's spiritual things, being dismayed at spiritual things. The Bible says that an unsaved person won't understand the Bible, won't understand spiritual things. And, and that's understandable because there's no Holy Spirit explaining to them or, or guiding them into all truth. But do you get excited over spiritual things? And once again, <laughs> you know, hear people joke, you know, uh, well, you should be just as excited at church as you are at a basketball game. Well, yes and no, uh, because I guarantee you if Pastor Tool got up and he made even a great powerful statement and you jumped up and started screaming, uh, probably wouldn't go real well. I'm just being honest with you. Um, but in turn, do you get excited over spiritual things? You know, we go to camp and we have uh, great decisions made. Do you get excited for your uh, fellow teenagers? Do you get excited when you see a teen teenager turn to God? Or are you part of the group kind of sits back and kind of uh, begins to see uh, or still pursuing the other things? And as a result, you can't get excited over spiritual things anymore because it takes far more to excite you. It takes uh, maybe the things of this world, whether things you watch and listen to, whatever the case may be, that's what excites you. It all began back when you started to wanted to learn the way of the heathen. Choose to follow Christ. Choose to pursue him. Don't learn the ways of this world. Be wise unto the things of God and simple unto the things of this world. In the end, you'll be happier. You'll have a better testimony. You'll have a better influence simply because you chose Christ over the world. And I don't know that any of us would say, you know what, I want the world. But our actions of what we open on social media, our actions of what we choose to watch or we choose to listen to, that says a lot more about our heart than what we say. Well, I hope it's been a help to you. Like I said, I know it was a harsh one, and uh, I try not to try not to allow it to happen. But like I said, that that passage specifically there in Jeremiah chapter ten has been uh, working on my mind, working on my heart for a while, and wanted to get it out there. And uh, I hope, like I said, I hope it was a help to you. If you do have any questions, or if you have maybe another topic you'd like to hear, maybe a follow up question or topic, uh, shoot it my way at uh, Ben Morsey YP is my Instagram handle Ben at LBC Theodore is my email and i'll be happy to answer any questions you have but until next time we will see you all later